Shucky Ducky is the man Oh, Shucky Ducky was a way for me to say, I am thrilled to be here. Why not just say that? Herman Cain. Herman Cain. Solutions for a better America. Hey, welcome to a special hour of the Herman Cain Show. I'm Scott Slade in Atlanta. It is my pleasure to host this roundtable discussion, breaking down what happened in the New Hampshire primary, of course. Herman Cain is with us. Eric Erickson from TheResurgent.com is checking in. And our guy from Washington, WSB's Jamie Dupree, who has been on the frozen ground in New Hampshire here for the past several days. And, Jamie, I guess we should start with the big finishes. Who came in number one? Do we have to start saying the Donald Trump campaign is for real? Yeah, no, I mean, we do. Look, he underperformed in Iowa. That was very clear. And uh, he took some slack for it. But they went and changed around what they were going to do. Uh, they did more retail events. And they got it together. Uh, let's let's face it. This is uh, not just a win. It's, it's a huge win mm-hmm. for, for Donald Trump. And I don't think huge just to make you know, light of him saying that. I mean, it's, it's really the case. And I, I think if you look forward... You can see him possibly winning in South Carolina in another 10 days or so. You can see him getting the momentum that's there. And, you know, uh, uh, yes, uh, others finish second, third, fourth, fifth, uh, but really let's not bury the lead. The lead story out of this is Donald Trump winning and winning big last night. And on the other side, you shouldn't bury the lead either because Bernie Sanders, that was a whooping. I mean, over 20 points against <laughs> Hillary Clinton. And, and I think more than anything else, Scott, what I picked up from here on the ground and in interviewing people is you know, this place has a history of uh, saving the Clintons, whether it was 1992 and Bill or eight years ago in Hillary. Uh, that wellspring, that reservoir of support is wasting away. There are a lot of people who just it was made clear to me in interviews and listening to stuff that they're just not interested in voting for Hillary Clinton at all, Scott. And Herman Scott. Cain, this was no statistical accident, was it? No, no. <laughs> it was too, too big a difference. <laughs> like like Jamie said, we're talking about a whooping on the Democrat side. Yeah. That's the language my dad would use. But here's the other thing about the Trump win. And I think in addition to Trump exceeding expectations of the pollsters and the pundits, he did best among women versus Kasich, 32% versus 16%. He also did best with respect to men and millennials. People didn't expect that because leading up to it in some of the polls, they were saying that he was behind in some of those. And then relative to Hillary's people who supported Bernie, here's the thing that surprised me. She did not get the majority of the women vote, which meant that a lot of Democrat women voters are not going to vote for her just because she's a woman. I think that's significant. So the Madeleine Albright uh, line, uh, Eric Erickson, about there being a special place in hell for women who don't help other women uh, didn't fly as high as they thought it would. Huh? Hell is full tonight with women from New Hampshire burning. Uh, it, 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 really. It, it, no, the line didn't work at all for Hillary Clinton's campaign. Uh, she ran a terrible campaign in New Hampshire. She did, I think, gave a good concession speech. Of course, she's had weeks to plan for it. They knew it was coming. Uh, the question now is, can Bernie Sanders carry that momentum into the South, or does Hillary Clinton and have an advantage as they move into more favorable territory for Clinton. Hey, Eric, uh, you, you've been following the value side uh, of this election. It, it comes up in your talk show uh, uh, regularly. Where were the evangelicals in New Hampshire? Were these value decisions or was it something else? 
No. Uh, in fact, according to the exit polls, only about 23% of voters in New Hampshire consider themselves evangelical compared to 68% in Iowa. So there's going to be a real pivot as well for the Republicans when we move to the South. Um, someone needs to tell Jeb Bush that his, his campaign is dead. He doesn't know it yet. Uh, that's going to be a problem for him as he moves to the South. And, you know, I, I think Kasich wasn't able to really capitalize with media hype last night on a second-place finish in New Hampshire. And as we move to the South, I, I don't know what Kasich does. I suspect that people are going to give one more look to Rubio in South Carolina and see if he can overperform there uh, before finally abandoning him and recognizing we have a Trump cruise race on the hands. So, Eric, you mean you don't think that Bush's campaign has caught fire? No pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) The Bush campaign is on fire, according to some of the pundits. In this race, but it's not the one evangelicals listen to. How many phone calls will John Kasich be making to every big donor to Jeb Bush today saying, uh, he's done, I've got the mantle? (laughs) I think it'll be a lot. I'll do like uh, Representative King did in Iowa, leak it out ahead of time before it's actually confirmed. <laughs> well, well, Jamie, when you get right down to it, is John Kasich really uh, about the only one here in the top four who did it the normal way, just shoe leather over 100 appearances? And, you know, what's the chance that he can keep that kind of campaign going? Well, here's the problem. He, he was in New Hampshire 75 days. Well, there's only 10 until the South Carolina primary, so you can't you know, replay that. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's interesting because Kasich, Kasich is a lot sort of like, I characterize him like John McCain. There's a lot of Republicans who like him. Boy, there's a lot of Republicans that he just aggravates living daylights out of. And so I, I don't see that there's a gigantic sort of reservoir out there for him to tap into immediately. Uh, you know, in, in the end, the, the craziest thing about this last weekend, I think, was the hit job by Chris Christie on Marco Rubio. It's sort of like if you ever watch hockey. In the old days, they used to have a goon who'd come out and try to go after the best player on the other team. I mean, uh, Christie not only took out Rubio, I would almost argue that he paved the way for to make it easier for Trump to win this nomination. Because I really right. think that Rubio was on the verge of catching fire big time in New Hampshire. And Christie really, in the end, uh, he didn't do himself a favor, but he might have done Trump a favor because all the establishment guys now get to stay in, and that just muddles things even more against both Trump and Cruz. Hey, let me bring up something from, from Rubio's, uh, yeah. uh, uh, I, I guess you would call it a concession speech last night. Well, maybe an explanation speech. Maybe he realized, a lot of other people realized, just how effective Chris Christie was against him in that debate Saturday night. I know many people disappointed. I'm disappointed with tonight. I want you to understand. But I want you to understand something. I want you to understand something. Our disappointment tonight is not on you. It's on me. It's on me. I did not, I did not do well on Saturday night, so listen to this. That will never happen again. All right. Now, Scott, let, let me weigh in on this first. Sure, here's, here's where I differ with some other people. First, he didn't do that bad in New Hampshire. He got 11% of the vote which ties Bush and it's one point less than Cruz. So statistically, you could almost say that he tied for third place. Secondly, Chris Christie's attacks from that one debate, I don't think did that much damage to Rubio because that debate had the lowest viewership of all of the other debates. And I don't think it drove Christie up the polls. I think that Rubio is buying into the rhetoric that he lost some momentum or that he messed up. I think he's going to do just fine. Now, let me go back to one other point Mm -hmm. that Jamie brought up, which I do agree with. And that is when you go to South Carolina, not only is it a different ball game, but you're talking about in South Carolina, 2.5 million registered voters 
versus six, nearly 700,000 in New Hampshire. You can't kiss that many babies and shake that many hands in nine days or 10 days like Jamie is mentioning. So Casey is going to have an uphill battle and Bush is going to have an uphill battle if the Bush isn't burned out by then. <laughs> you keep going back to that. That's pretty good, Herman. I like that. <laughs> hey, hey, Eric, I was reading on the com this morning and you were wondering where the where is the media orgasm over uh, Ted Cruz performance? Yeah, you, you know, when you look at Marco Rubio's third place win in or third place loss in Iowa uh, last Monday, the media spent most of its coverage on Marco Rubio having momentum coming in third place. In fact, you had a number of news outlets, including CNN, do media shows on how the media covered Marco Rubio after his loss in Iowa, saying just how wonderful the loss was and what it meant for him with momentum. So here's a great statistic for you. Ted Cruz spent less than any other candidate in New Hampshire and came in third place. He spent $18 per vote in New Hampshire for a third-place yes. win compared yes. to Jeb Bush, who spent $1,200 for a fourth-place win. Where's the media excitement over Ted Cruz, who had no real ground game in New Hampshire, who did very little ad-buying in New Hampshire, and he was able to come in third like Rubio in, in Iowa? I, I think this really shows just how much a lot of the, the Washington establishment and media circle around each other and share similar views. Uh, and he may very well surprise people again in South Carolina. I've got to tell you, I, I got some inside access of their data uh, from their ground game operation in South Carolina last week. Between the Cruise campaign and the Super PAC, they will have knocked on doors of about two-thirds of likely Republican voters by the time the South Carolina primary hits. That's huge. That is huge. That and is. I, I, I agree. Let me underscore what, uh, what Eric just said, and that is the media ought to be going nuts over the fact that Cruz spent such little amount of money to come out so well. I think that is a big story right there. But like Eric is saying, they are so busy trying to push Bush up that they're ignoring the fact that Cruz didn't put a lot of money in there like the others did because he was focusing on building that ground game in South Carolina. And I think that's going to be critical. Kasich won't be able to put together a ground game like that in 10 days. Neither will Jeb Bush. So they're going to have an uphill battle. Jamie, the, the the Trump organization. I mean, there were some questions about just how effective his people were uh, uh, on the ground in Iowa. Did he have something better in New Hampshire? Well, I mean, he he had a little better. Uh, I think even he acknowledged that. Uh, what did he say in his speech? He said something like, uh, "We learned a lot about ground games in the last week." Uh, but as uh, Eric noted, Cruz is outworking him, and his people are outworking Trump in South Carolina big time. And so it will be interesting to see whether you can just have sort of the big rally kind of thing work down there or whether that ground game is going to, again, sort of tilt something in, in Cruz's way. Uh, I think Cruz, like uh, Trump, was a big beneficiary of Chris Christie going after Rubio and knocking Rubio down because uh, I fully believe that Rubio would have finished well ahead of Cruz if not for that uh, debate uh, flap the other night. But it didn't turn out that way. Cruz will also benefit, I think, a little from getting some of the Rand Paul people. And certainly he and Trump are the two strongest candidates right now by far. And, and to Herman's point about that being a Saturday night debate seen by very, very few people, I would agree with you, Herman, but look what the media did with that 30 or 40 seconds over yes. and over yeah. And over, over and over and over mm -hmm. again. And mm -hmm. I think that that just shows how if they want to slant it a certain way and you keep playing that over and over and over and over, they are trying to label Rubio as his momentum has gone down. I'm not convinced of that yet. He's going to have an well, uphill battle. You I'm, I'm going to have to disagree with you guys on, on the media bashing there because I noted immediately on Sunday morning 
interviewing voters even before you could even say that the media had done this or the media had done that, message had been sent. They had watched that debate in New Hampshire, mm-hmm. and they saw full well what happened. And I think it really did poison the well for Rubio. Well, I don't hey, know if Scott- you've seen this yet, uh, Jamie. I'm looking at it on one of the uh, news sites. It says Chris Christie, Chris Christie likely to suspend campaign, but I haven't heard it from his lips yet. Have you? No, that would make sense. I mean, look, he has—he he really has no uh, way forward. Uh, he needed to finish. He didn't even win any delegates last night. So uh, his, um, uh, you know, he doesn't have that many people around. I, I do have to say it would have been nice to see his, his campaign event today at the Sticky Fingers Barbecue Restaurant <laughs> in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. Hey, Eric, uh, I know you have to catch uh, catch an engagement here before we let you go. Any any other, other thoughts yeah, from you on what actually, happened? Actually, uh, I was just going to tell you, so I'm, I'm receiving texts while we're here, both um, social conservative leaders in Washington associated with Rubio and with Cruz have begun reaching out to Ben Carson today, who apparently has meetings with both sides, uh, maybe an indicator that he might be uh, ready to drop out. A friend of mine who would know what's going on on both camps is saying that both sides are wooing Carson hard, who is apparently receptive and is meeting with them this afternoon. Okay. Well, let me tell you, I mean, he did absolutely nothing the last five days. I, I mean, yeah. he, he, he was not running a campaign the last five days. He was running a, a part-time campaign at best. And finished right. with 2%. Well, I think and, that and, says it all. Just so you guys know, my, my dear sweet mother didn't look at the calendar, and she scheduled me to speak to a group of senior citizens in Louisiana today. So while you all were watching Returns last night, I was on a plane full of Mardi Gras revelers flying. <laughs> oh, my Louisiana. goodness. What are you going to try to do? Save the savable? (laughs) Way to go. Way to go, Eric. Hey, Eric. I hope you have a somber Ash Wednesday now, okay? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. You're listening to a special roundtable discussion, breaking down the New Hampshire primary in the Herman Cain Show.